Proverbs, which is my habit, uh, Proverbs 15, chapter 15, because today's the 15th, I picked verse 20. Sensible children bring joy to their father. Wonderful. That's a great deal, huh, guys? Foolish children despise their mother. Does that seem fair? What is that saying exactly? You know, I don't normally teach on the um, proverb of the day, but I will kind of help you understand maybe what that's saying. That's, it seems like a deal, you know, a bad deal. The fathers get the good, the mothers get the bad. But what it's really saying there is that foolish children put the weight of their foolishness upon their, lands on their mother in a lot of ways. So in case that maybe that'll help you sort that out. And I think it lands on their dads as well, but that's a great proverb. Sensible children bring joy to their father. Happy Father's Day. Foolish children despise their mother by putting weight on their shoulders that should not be there. So, 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 so let's move on. So maybe sometimes you think like this. There's something going on in your thought life and you're thinking, you know, I don't even know why I'm here for this interview. I look around and all these other people that are here look like they've really got it going on. They look like they'll be so much better than me. There's no way I'm going to get this job. I think I should curl up. Or, or, or do you think instead, man, I can hardly wait to get in there. I'm so amped up about this interview. I would be so good at this. And I mean, I, I know God has a plan for me. Okay, do you think A or do you think? Do you think, you know... Um, Sometimes you think, okay, I'm, I've been invited to this group. I don't know why I'm here. I don't have anything to add to anybody. I just want to curl away and die somewhere. Or do you think, you know, I've been looking forward to this. I don't know these people, but I, I know that the Lord has a plan for me, and I'm going to meet some new friends, and some good things are going on. And I, I just want to ask you the questions. Which way do you lean? Don't tell me right now. But what do you typically lean to? Because your thoughts, your thoughts, even in the littlest ways, have the ability to make a big difference in your life. Today is part two of a message series that we're calling Little Things, Big Differences. And uh, last week we talked about um, the fact that sometimes we look at people around us and we see that they've got, their, they've got everything all together. It seems really, really good. And, um, you know, or, the, or they, it seems like they can accomplish some things that I could never do. I'd like to be that way, but I never can quite get there from here. And they're good at something I never could be that good at. And we can start to get a little bit intimidated, get a little bit intimidated about it, think, you know, I, I want to do that, I want to be that, but I just can't get together those big things that they must do in order to be that way. We think that way. And we zeroed in on a, a key thought that's going to kind of carry through this whole series with us. And it's, it's not usually the big things. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everybody wants. And that's a key thought, and I, 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 I want to say that again because I think that's an important truth for us to all understand. It's often the small things that nobody sees that result in the big things in life that, that everybody wants. And when we're focusing on those little itty-bitty things, I um, asked you last week to prayerfully approach God and say, you know, Lord, could you just give me a small word, a prophetic word, one word, a single word, not a paragraph, not a sentence, not a dialogue, but a word that um, would help set the direction for my life or for the rest of the year or for some period of time. Just speak a word to me, Lord. And I'll, you know, although I'm curious to say, you know, show me your hands if you've got a word. I don't want to do that. I don't want to single you out. Because I know many of you, this is a new quest. And some of you have come to me and said, boy, the Lord spoke to me this word. And some of you have said, I think I have this word. And I think the Lord's speaking to me. Help me know whether this is God or 
bad dates? Or is it, you know, did I eat something bad? Or, you know, how do I know? And, and so we've had these conversations. And I know many of you have a word already from the Lord. If you don't yet, keep pressing. Um, and some of you are trying to discriminate the, the difference between noise and God. You know, are you hearing something? Is it just static background noise? Or is it actually the word of the Lord to you? And some of you haven't started yet. And I have your word for you already. Your word is procrastination. Okay? <laughs> if you haven't looked, that's your word. Small things make a big difference. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about um, other things. We're going to talk about our thoughts, which can seem small. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about our words, the words that come out of our mouths. And, uh, and we're going to also talk about our actions. Now, a week ago, I showed you this photo of us... Um, just as we were getting ready to pour the footings out there. So this is about a week and a half ago. And as the, dump, as the cement truck was backing up and they were getting that shootout and the mud started coming down, I realized, oh, 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 I got to do something. And I ran in and I grabbed a Bible, opened it up, <laughs> started tearing pages out of it. Lightning hasn't hit me yet. I'm okay. I think God knew what I was up to, what was on my heart. And I started flinging pages of the scripture down into the bottom of the footing. And it just happens to be the book of Proverbs that made it into the bottom of the thing. I don't know why that happened. It could have been a coincidence. I don't think so. But there's this symbolic thing, this spiritual symbolic thing that was on my heart to do. And it was just what I believe and what we stand for around here. And that is everything we stand on has got to be the word of God. It's got to be the word of God. So it's this silly symbolic thing that really is profoundly spiritual. I mean, it's really a cool thing to throw that down there and knowing that that building out there is built on top of the word of God. I love that. And it's kind of like symbolic about what's really true for us, you know, for our faith when we stand on God's word above everything else. Everything else sits above and sits on top of And it's exactly the same thing for you and for me. It's why our thoughts matter so much. Because they're our footing. Our thoughts are the foundation of everything else that's going on. Because our thoughts become our words. Words become actions. Actions become habits. And habits turn into a destiny. Our thoughts lead to our destiny. In fact, I believe that everything that you will ever do in life or become in life, started out as thoughts. It started out somewhere as thoughts. So today I want to talk to you about your thoughts. Solomon said this in Proverbs 23, and he was the wisest man, God said, who ever lived. He was the wisest man. He said, as a person thinks in his heart, so he is. As he thinks in his heart, so he is. What a profound statement. I, was out, I, I got up early this morning, and I was out for a walk in the dark with my dog and, you know, nobody else was up and it was, it was before sunrise and I just enjoy that time of day and I'm walking and, and I'm thinking through the sermon today and I'm thinking about that scripture because it's a key scripture for us today. And I don't know if the Lord was saying this to me or not, but I started thinking, I wonder if the inverse is also true. Because the scripture says, as a person thinks in his heart, so he is. So I wonder if that means that the way I am today is in large part because of how I was thinking about myself yesterday or last year. And you have to start, I have to start wondering because I think that could be true. I think it could be true that there are some things going on in my life that are the result of what I believe to be true about myself five years ago. 
And if that's true, I start thinking, what kinds of things did the Lord hope for me for today, for June 15th, 2015, that aren't quite there yet because I was thinking bad thoughts about myself before. I don't know. It was an interesting walk I had with my poodle. She didn't answer or talk to me. Um, so we're going around, and I had a nice walk this morning. I, I want to say this, though. Here's something I have concluded about that scripture. You know, As a person thinks in his heart, so is he, so he becomes. I believe that your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your primary thoughts. Your life is going to move in that direction. Now, I didn't just say to you to do this. White Cadillac, white Cadillac, white Cadillac. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying things like, you know, if, if you really think you can't, then you probably won't. I, I think if you think life is going to be bad, I think you're probably going to have bad. I, I think if you believe about yourself that you have nothing to offer, you probably won't make a difference. On the other hand, if you think you can... You probably will. Now, you might bump the wall a few times, and you might have to push more than once. But if you believe you can, you probably will. If you believe that there are going to be opportunities out there, I believe you're going to see opportunities. If you believe that God is for you, if you believe that God is with you, then you're going to sense his power at times, and and you're going to sense his presence. It happened to me just a few minutes ago. I'm sitting there thinking, and the Lord is saying, I want to deal with fear. I'm saying, God, I'm just this guy. I don't want to go up there and speak on your behalf. But the Lord was saying, hey, you've sensed my presence before. You've sensed it. Come on, walk in it. It's there. Okay. So, so today I kind of want to build a foundation um, because I really believe this scripture. I mean, I believe all scripture here. As a person thinks in his heart, so he becomes. And I believe, therefore, that, that your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So the foundation for today I want to start with is this thought audit. Now, don't write on it quite yet, but had, had this passed out, you should all have a thought audit. This is for you. This is not going to go. You don't turn us in. You don't need to show it to anybody else, but it's just kind of help you figure out what you believe about yourself. And, um, I mean, I don't mean to expose you or anything. This is just kind of a little fun. I think it'll be fun might be a real drag. I don't know. I hope not. Um, but um, I, I want you to, to, what I want you to do is think about what you think about. Okay? One more time. I want you to think about what you think about. That's confusing, isn't it? But that's okay. You seem like a really smart crowd, so I'm just going to figure you get that. Now, so, so um, what I want you to do is like consider the last seven days, the last week, Considering that this little chart here, this little handout that you've got in front of you, and just leave that up for a little while if you would. Um, and it's obviously got some polar opposites. And uh, I want to, I want, I want to, I want to look at um, worried. For example, your worried thoughts, and ask yourself: Are most of your thoughts focused on worry, or are they peaceful? I mean, I want, not, not quite yet. I mean, I'll, I'll help you with this in a minute. But, I mean, and then you're going to circle a number of where you think you might be. I mean, we'll look at negative thoughts or versus positive thoughts. And are you more negative or are you going to be more positive? Or, and then we'll look at worldly and eternal. And so I'm encouraging you right now to think about what you think about, what goes on in your mind. So now on this first row across the top there, I'm going to just kind of help you out. And we'll just go down through this. So... Thinking about last week, the last six, seven, eight days, 
Would you say you were more on the worried side? You know, maybe you were worried about your kids or your job or somebody's health that you know about or you care about, or maybe you're worried about money because the credit card bill is due and it's going to take a bite and you feel like you're getting deeper in a hole and you're worried. And if you find yourself, that's kind of the way you were spending your last week, then you'd circle a number on the worried side of the chart. But on the other, other end, if you've been incredibly peaceful this week, you know, <laughs> I mean, you, you, now I'm not talking about things that happen to you here. We're talking about your response because things happen, Right. If things happen in life that you have no control over, and I'm talking here about what's, what your response in your soul and in your mind was to this. So, so, um, so, so maybe last week you've been incredibly peaceful. You, you, you're just secure in the promises of God. God said it, I believe it, I trust it. And there's this supernatural peace that just covers you. And even when something bad happens, you have this sense that God's still in charge, and so you just don't freak out. So where would you fall on that scale? Pick a number, whether you were on the more peaceful side or the... Or the and you don't have to circle it if somebody's peeking over your shoulder, but don't peek over somebody else's shoulder, okay? <laughs> See, let's, let, let's talk now about the negative and the positive one, the next one. Think about what you were thinking about. And now, there's a possibility that some people among us kind of have this, you know, spiritual gift of negativity, Okay? Right, and I mean, you maybe have met someone. It's not you, of course, but um, you know, you have a tendency to see what's wrong before you find out what's right in a circumstance. Or you, you maybe have this ability to a little bit too easily be critical of other people, or um, maybe maybe you assume the worst and you have a bunker mentality where your first priority is to build the bomb shelter, and um, maybe you're just a little bit more discontented. You know, if only I was married then you're married. If only I had kids, but then you have kids. Only I had somebody else's kids. I don't know what you would do. <laughs> so you find yourself on the negative side, or maybe you're on the more positive side. Um, you know, so think about what you think about for the last week. Okay. So, you know, maybe you just default where you believe the best about people. Maybe, maybe when you walk into a church, instead of picking the thing apart, you have a tendency to go, wow, God's at work, and you see the places where God's making a difference, and you rejoice, and you go, wow, I just, I, I love, love seeing what God's doing, and that's your tendency. Or, um, you know, maybe, maybe when you've had a really, really bad day, your default is more along the lines, of, you know, I, I just, I know this is hard, but I know God is good, and he's for me. In fact, I know this, that all these things are going to work together for my good, because I love God and I'm called according to his purposes. Maybe that's your point. Now, if you have a tendency to be a little more negative, put your number over there and be honest with yourself. You only cheat yourself if you fiddle with the numbers here, right? Okay, so this is just for you to kind of figure out where you are. If you're more positive, admit it and put it on the positive side, circle one. Now let's talk about worldly and eternal. Worldly. Do you find yourself just, you know, consumed with things about this life and not so much about eternity? I mean, you're thinking about too much about what car you drive or, you know, the brand of shirt you've got and the matching hat that goes with the shirt. Do people wear hats anymore? I don't know. Um, you know, are, are you consumed with what will people think about you? So you're very careful with the way you d- display yourself on Facebook or, um, you know, where you drive or how, where you go and what do people think about me? If you tend to think those 
you know, you find yourself thinking more, not about bad things, but about the worldly things versus the eternal things. Or do you wake up, you know, are you some kind of a freak of nature where you wake up thinking, God, how can I do things for you today? (laughs) I guess maybe that's not a freak of nature, but sometimes we treat people that way. But I mean, maybe that's your default. You wake up thinking, God, thanks for today. And I'm just looking forward to the opportunity, God, to to see what you're doing. And um, maybe you see people that are far away from God. And instead of being critical of them, your heart breaks. You actually ache. And you think, God... Is there some way I can show them your love? Is there some way I could make their life easier? Can I, can I, could you use me, God, to make a difference for these people? And um, so do you think more about worldly things or do you think more about eternal things? Mark that down and pick your spot. Now, so now you, you've got done your thought audit and you hear it is staring at you now and maybe you're kind of down the middle of the road um, or maybe you're all the way and you're all ones or maybe you're all tens. Let's just assume that most of us here didn't go 10, 10, 10, okay? <laughs> 10, 10, 10 would be a wonderful place to live, but most of us don't live at the 10, 10, 10 all the time. And I want you to know, if you didn't have a 10, 10, 10, um, this sermon is for you, okay? All right? And if you did have a 10, 10, 10, please come up and take over because I'm not qualified because I'm not a 10, 10, 10. <laughs> Eric, where are you? Okay, so I, thought, I thought you were going to go for it there earlier today. Great job, by the way. You know, I, 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 was, I was built up. You encouraged me to be more of a father than I have been, and I, that's a big deal. Thank you for that, by the way. Anyway, and so um, and I hope Levi has mercy on you for... Um, and I, I, I think the reason that if you're not all tense that the sermon is for you is because... Our thoughts determine who we become. Our strongest thoughts will drive the direction of our life. As a person thinks in his heart, so he becomes, Scripture says. So if you're consumed with worried thoughts or, or negative thoughts or worldly thoughts, that means you're actually moving in those directions. And if you're consumed with peaceful thoughts and positive thoughts and eternal thoughts, that means you're moving towards peace. You're moving towards, you know, positivity and, and eternity. Now, I think most of us would admit we didn't all put 10, 10, 10 down because our culture, the world around us, you know, our friends, what we see drives us the other direction on the spectrum. Doesn't it? It does for me. I mean, I mean, there are so many things out there that just kind of cry out to me, worry about me. You know, worry about me. Be negative about this. <laughs> Or, or, or just want me to think about things that just don't last instead of things that do last. It does. And that's one of the reasons that I think, you know, that God inspired the Apostle Paul to write. And this is something really cool that he, that's recorded in Romans 12, verse 2. Here's what he said. He said, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Now, don't miss the power of this. By changing the way you think. Wow, God doesn't plan to change your world by giving you the winning lottery ticket. That's the solution we would prefer. But God says, hey, it's not so much about the stuff going on that's going to change. It's it's what's going on in your mind that is what you become. Don't miss that. It's just really good. Um, Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, 
and pleasing and perfect. You become what you think about. Your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. I think this whole thing, um, you know, I, I, this is a rabbit trail. I'm not going to go down this, but this just begs for us to talk about attitudes. And as a leader of leaders, or a person who would hire people before, I would always hire quality of character and attitude over skill sets. Always. Because attitude is everything. It just is. So next obvious question, you might say, well, Terry, you know, how do I change the way that I'm thinking? I mean, it's like, I'm really glad you asked that question, by the way. Nice job. Thanks for asking that question. I want to look at scripture, and we're going to see a couple of ways that the Lord gives us to change this. So first, how do you change the way you think? First thing we're going to do is we're going to learn to capture destructive thoughts. If you're consumed with worried thoughts, if you're consumed with negative thoughts, if you're concerned with worldly thoughts, we're going to capture those destructive thoughts. And, and this is the way Paul taught us to do it in 2 Corinthians 10. He said this to the Corinthian church who were, unfortunately, they were believing a lot of lies. These people were. Verse 3, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Hey, Christians, this is really good news for you and me. That means we're going to get supernatural weapons to deal with here rather than the world's kind of weapons, which I think is good. He, he says, he says um, on the contrary, they have divine power. Power, I love that word power. When you see it many times in scripture, it's actually the word that we get, it's dunamis. It's our, it's our word that we get dynamite from, so power, power. Um, to demolish strongholds. Now, I know um, you expect me to come and tell you what some Greek words mean, and this is a good one. Um, this is a Greek word, akamora. And this word, akamora, literally, it's, it's a picture of a prisoner who's locked up in a dungeon by deception. So you get to picture to, to this akamora, this stronghold, picture an old castle with a dungeon in it, and the people that are in the dungeon are shackled down by lies. That's what that word means, akamora. It's a wrong or it's a false thought. And, it's, it, and, and I want you to think about why that's important. But think about our enemy. What if one is his most powerful weapons? I mean, after all, remember, he's got a title. One of his titles is the father of lies. Yeah, way to go. Okay, so, so he, he's, he would rather have you, in your thoughts, build your life on a, on a, on a tissue of lies. That's... One of his best strategies is to get us to believe and to build our lives on a, on a, on a foundation of lies rather than the word of God. Right. I'm pointing out there at our, not at you, I'm pointing at our really cool foundation. I'm just amped up about the word of God being underneath there. Too much. It's too much. It's too cool. And, and the thing is that, you know, he wants you to build your life on a lie and Jesus doesn't want that. <laughs> Jesus makes some comments about truth, including the fact that he says that you'll know the truth and it's the truth that's going to set you free. I love that Jesus said that. Verse five, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We destroy those things. And then I think it'd be really good if the rest of, if you would read the remainder of that with me out loud. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So when we think things like, I can't make a difference. I'm no good. I'm never going to amount to anything. We take those thoughts captive. We put them in chains and make them obedient to Christ. Oh, really? Really? Now, I don't normally bring my cell phone with me to church because... I pulled pranks on other people before and I've 
set myself up for this. I had, a, I had a friend who used to come to church here. Now he moved out of state. And um, in the big church I was in before one day, I was in the back running the sound system. And um, he was in the choir one day. And this was before cell phones. He had his pager on. He had, it, he had it silence, but it was on vibrate. And I waited until the very middle of some important song that he was part of the choir and singing, and he had a part in it. And in the middle of his part, I started dialing that pager number from the sound booth. Nobody in the church knows it. I think, I think Pastor Burt would have probably cut my head off if he had known I was doing this. And so this is Joel. You, you probably know who Joel is. So Joel's standing there in the choir, and I start dialing the number, and I'm just keeping a straight face, and I see him kind of going like this. and start, He reaches down. He's trying to shut it off, and he shuts it off. So I call it again, and I went around and around and around, and I think and pretty soon he looks back at me, and he sees me, and he knows, right? So I don't normally keep my cell phone with me um, in a sermon because one time he knew I was doing it, and he called me in the middle of a sermon. And made my phone go off, which is really embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. In fact, that happened to me another time in Colorado. I'd been invited to speak in a church down there, and I'm in the middle of the sermon, and I got my, um, my phone like that, and it starts ringing out loud. Yes, Mr. President, I asked you not to call me here. And it, oh, no, it's, I'm sorry. It's for you, honey, and I toss it to her in the front row. Anyway, I, uh, but I brought my... Why did I bring my cell phone? Because <laughs> that was a rabbit trail of losing my mind here. So... I found this really cool app, um, and it's free, and I'm not, I don't get anything out of this, but it's just kind of cool app. There it is. It's called Truth or Trash. Truth or Trash, and it was written by Christians intended to help you train yourself or your children to believe the truth and to reject trash. So it's just this very simple thing. You dial it up, and... Um, it's got a question there. When I am hurt, it's okay to hurt someone in return. Two buttons, truth and trash. And I say, trash, that is, that is trash thinking. I say, that's trash. Correct! I get this green light telling me, truth or trash, it's free. And I'm thinking, I've, I've played with this for a few days. It asks a lot of simple questions that a lot of people would say the wrong answer to. What a great, great foundation for your children to teach them to start thinking truth because trash is going to try and get itself wedged into their minds the world is going to try and do that the enemy of our souls the father of lies is going to do that and i think it's really good to be trained to use the word of god as the measurement of truth and rather than what the world says and i really believe that we can train our minds when our mind says okay i'm going to Turn that off and get rid of this before somebody, one of you here, here, honey, take it. Yeah, before somebody in this room says, yeah, I owe you a couple, so here they come. Um, <laughs> now, be nice to my wife. So um, I really believe that, that we can train our minds and we can train our children to separate between truth and trash. Who knows what things you'll solve for them in the future if you just Build that foundation of truth versus trash right now. You know, when your mind says, now oh, you've messed up, God can never use you because of that. Okay, I actually have messed up, but the good news is that God works in all things to bring about good of those who, are, who love God and are called according to his purposes. Or God's going to use this thing to conform me to be more like him. And we start saying to ourselves, I, I'm never going to be able to overcome this. I mean, I've been addicted to this substance for so long. I've tried. I've prayed. I can never fill in the blank. No. That's trash. 
The truth is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The truth is, I am an overcomer by the blood of the land, by the power of my testimony. Those are scriptures, by the way, that are true about you. And so we take those things that are untrue and we capture them and we make them obedient to Jesus. Then the second thing Paul teaches us, the first one is capture the wrong thoughts. The second one is fix your thoughts on spiritual things. We focus on the eternal, the good, the spiritual things. Paul's in prison. Remember that setting as he writes this next little thing to us. Think about his mindset. He's in prison, okay? And here's, here's how he's thinking when he writes this. Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is bad. What could happen that would be horrible. What is not going well in your life. No, wait a second. I might have read that wrong. Okay, back. Let's try that again. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then in verse nine, he says, then the God of peace will be with you. Fix your thought on what's true and noble and right and excellent and praiseworthy. Think about those things. So we capture those lies. We focus our, our thoughts on what would be true on spiritual things. And as you capture wrong thoughts and focus on true, the promise then kicks in. Proverbs 23, 7, as a person thinks in his heart, so he is. Another transcript, a translation says, so he becomes. It's not about what you are or what you do. It's about what you are, who you are. Because I believe God hardwires you. He declares it in his word. And once we renew our mind from believing lies, you know, I can't do that. I'm not going to be able to do that. We renew our mind and start thinking, wait a minute, this is who God called me to be. It changes the course of our destiny. And I don't want you to miss the power of this because I really believe that some of you are one single thought away from a change to destiny, from a change to your life, totally and completely changed. When you stop believing the lies of the evil one and you replace them and embrace the truth of our good God because when you know the truth, the truth sets you free. Fix your minds on spiritual things. Now, some of you are going to say, well, okay, that sounds really good. I don't know how to do that, and I can't do that. And you can do it, Terry, because you're a pastor. You actually glow in the dark. (laughs) I don't glow in the dark. I'm just a regular dude like you. Well, some of you aren't dudes. But I'm just this regular person. If you are a follower of Christ, you can see God if you look for him. You'll find what you're looking for. I really do believe that people find what they're looking for. I mean... You know, here's an example. I mean, I get these hummingbirds out my office window at home. You know, consider the difference between a buzzard and a hummingbird, okay? Buzzards, you know, they fly around and they're always looking for dead things. Ah, road possum, jackpot. You know, disgusting. That's, that's, that's what buzzards find. Hummingbirds, they're looking for nectar. They're looking for sweet things. And I I think they're there. I think everywhere around you every day, there are things that you can find. There will be dead things you can find if you're looking, and there will be sweet things around you if you're looking. You find what you're looking for. I really do. I mean, this is a silly example of this, but I can remember back when, a long time ago, Lisa and I wanted a, um, we, we decided that we wanted to move from a tent 
in our camping to the luxury of a Volkswagen camper van, right? This is a long time ago. We weren't quite hippies, but we were willing to try the camper van lifestyle for a little bit. Not to live in it, but to camp in it. So we went out and bought one, had a little bed back there. It didn't pop up or anything, but man, we thought we were in hog heaven. Pretty cool deal. And then all of a sudden, we started seeing them everywhere. Have you ever done that? You buy a car, you didn't see it, you buy one of those, and then you see them, they're coming at you, they're parked next to you at the grocery store, they're in your garage, they're everywhere. You see them everywhere. We started seeing what we were looking for. And when you wake up in the morning, you can set your, your, the tone of your day with something spiritual. Instead of immediately checking Facebook to see how many likes you got, you can actually take a minute, get your f- cell phone going, get the version Bible app, it's free, and just say, Lord, what's, and spend five minutes, spend 15, 15 minutes in the Word of God. Just read a little bit of the Word of God and then say a prayer. You don't have to spend a lot of time in this, and it doesn't need to be in the King James English. It can be something simple like, hey, Lord, thanks for this day. I, I know you do things, and I know you love me. It's a gift to me. I'm, a, I'm, I'm making myself available. Use me. Guide me, Lord. Your word says you'll, you'll order my steps. And Lord, I give you permission. Interrupt me if I'm wandering or if you need me for something. I'm here. Man, how long was that? 27 seconds. I don't know. It wasn't very long. And I'm telling you, if you do that at the beginning of your day, you're going to see God throughout your day. You're going to see opportunities. You know, your boss is going to wig out on you or something. And instead of thinking that, okay, you want to give them that I salute you one finger signal, instead of doing that, you're going to instead think, okay, I need to hear what he or she has said to me, but I wonder what's going on in that life because pressure's bubbling over the top. How can I be someone who subtracts stress from that life? God, is there a way I can help? with that person, and you start seeing opportunities instead of seeing problems. And I'm just telling you, if you pray that way, if you start your day that way, you're going to see more nectar and less dead stuff. You're going to see God working to your left and your right. Maybe, maybe when you're on your way to work or you're early in the morning, you're on your way to the gym. I know there's some gym people here. Instead of listening to really good quality country music, which I like, Put on a Bible preacher somewhere. A local, there are local stations. It's free teaching. The word of God's preaching. Spend a few minutes and let the word of God get down into your soul. And here's what happens. It renews your mind. It changes the way you think. And then when something good happens to you, instead of going, wow, that was lucky, you say, wow, thanks God. Thank you for that. You didn't have to do that. I feel blessed. And then there's this thing that over time you start building up this spiritual momentum in your life and it makes you more sensitive to his voice. It makes you more sensitive to his plans. And, and you have this God-given spiritual discernment, truth versus trash. Your mind starts rejecting it for you. You don't even have to think it through sometimes. You just go and it's rainwater. Let it go off of me. It's not going to seep in anymore. And it's going to transform your life because a person, as a person thinks, so he becomes. Your life is always going to move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So where do we go from here? We're just about done. Last week, I, I challenged you and encouraged you to ask the Lord to give you a word to direct you, and, and, and this week, I want to ask you 
to prayerfully seek God, not for a word, but about a thought. What am I thinking, Lord, that you want me to think differently? Single thought. You, let's put it in carnal terms. More carnal. What attitude would you like to, to reset for me, God? What do you want to, you know, because I say one small change in your thinking, church, it'll change who you are. A small change in your thinking. It's, it's often the small things that nobody sees that, that result in the big things that everybody wants. And as you think this, just this one thought that the Lord gives you over and over again, your mind's going to get renewed by God. Thought becomes truth in your heart. It changes the way you speak. And if you want to change the way that you live, you start by changing the way you think. And here's the risk. Here's our risk. Proverbs 21.2 says this. A person thinks everything he does is right. We really believe we're already doing the right things. We don't see the need to be renewed. We see instead the need for our environment to change. But God wants to renew our mind. The risk is you don't think you need to be renewed. Here's a suggestion. I mean, because I don't know what it would be, but I would suggest that if you have people in your life that love you enough to tell you the truth in love, ask them, is there anything here that I'm thinking, that I think that I'm right about, that maybe? That's one thing you can do is ask somebody that you love and trust to give you an outside reference. Or you could also ask the Lord, God, is there a thought that you want to change in me? I'm available. You're the king of the universe. You do know more than me about this. That's our risk, though. Our risk will be that we reject doing this offhand because Scripture says a person thinks everything he does is right. That's our risk. I don't know what your thought would be, but one thought I really believe can change the course of your life. Maybe, maybe it'll be something like the word selfless. And the Lord says, I want you to stop thinking so much about yourself and start thinking more about the people around you. Or, or maybe he's going to say something about, you know, I want you to be generous Think about generous. And so you start thinking, well, I already thought I was generous. And the Lord's saying, well, that's good. I want you to believe you're generous because I'm going to do more. You thought that was generous. I'm going to do something different. You're going to see people and you're going to take care of them and you're going to do things out of the generosity of your heart. I'm going to shove at the other end of the pipes. I'm going to shove in the resource, the strength, the vision, the love that you need to do that. But I want you to know that you are a generous person. The Lord is going to change the way you see because of your thoughts are going to change. And some of you, maybe those thoughts, the thoughts the Lord's going to change is going to have to do with your spiritual office. This is the one thing I want to say about Father's Day. Um, thanks, thanks for keeping our mind on that. But I have this one comment about Father's Day. I believe that being a father is a spiritual office more than a biological office. It's true about mothers too. When the Lord decided to make you a father, a biological father, he already put some anointing upon you the kinds of things that, that Pastor Eric was talking he already put it on step into it and the Lord and, and, and maybe as a father the Lord is going to change your thinking and he's going to say something like this I think this is maybe one of the most common things that needs to change in fathers this next thing I'm going to say guys he's going to say to you believe in your son so you decide or, or maybe he's going to say, believe in your daughter. 
or your employee or your spouse or your friend. But he's going to tell you in a spiritual office kind of a setting to believe in somebody that he wants. I, I don't know what the word of the Lord will be to you about your thoughts, but it starts to change who you are. Because if you want to change your life, you have to start by changing the way you think. Because our thoughts create words, words create actions, actions create habits, and those habits create a destiny. As a person thinks in his heart, so he becomes. Father, today we pray that in your presence, God, that you would begin to renew our minds with truth, that you would give us all just a thought, Lord, just one small thought that would help direct the course that we follow now. And that eventually, Lord, that those thoughts would even change our destiny. God, I want to thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for the good things your word says that every good and perfect gift comes to us from the Father of lights in heaven above. The one who casts the stars into the sky has gifts for his kids because he loves us, Lord. That's what I'm seeking today, God. That's what we seek as we pray that, Lord, the good things you had planned for us would be poured out upon us. I thank you for it in Jesus' name.